This is The Jerry Callahan Show. So I sit down, as usual, sit down with, uh, with, my, with my notebook and watching uh, all the news this morning. I'm going through the channels, doing ESPN and CNN, and I like to check on MSNBC just see how Joe Scarborough and his little honey are holding up, and uh, and I'm I'm ready to talk about Gronk, the greatest tight end ever. I wish I could argue against that, but he's the greatest tight end ever. And we got Megan Rapinoe, that punk, that purple-haired punk, telling kids who get their ass kicked, telling girls who get their ass kicked by boys to just suck it up, you know, just suck it up as she retires. By the way before a transgender guy, a woman comes into women's soccer and dominates. She's going to get out before that, but she says, suck it up, you know, toughen up. Uh, she is just repulsive. We got, we got an update on the live guys. We were uh, premature in one of the live guys, but uh, the PGA is reacting and we got an idea. We got a good idea to just, just take the interest in golf to another level. We got Joe Biden once again saying the quiet part out loud, saying things that his handlers, you know, the puppet masters behind the scenes just don't want him to say. We have the biggest dick in Hollywood. I shouldn't say that. The biggest dick in Hollywood now in uh, now in Ukraine. <laughs> I got a Ben Stiller story for you, Ironhead. I know you're into this, but I got a Ben Stiller story. I'm going to tell you why I think he, why I know he's just a total a-hole, but uh, I got to start with Uvalde. We have to start with Uvalde because I'm watching this report this morning and I guess it's just going to be drip, drip, drip because Uvalde Police Department and the Uvalde City Council and the town Town fathers are not going to have much to say about this. They've lawyered up. They're withholding footage. They're fighting, protecting these bums, these cowards, led by the biggest coward in the world, that fat load, Arredondo. But I just watched a report, and it and and I, I know I'm not alone in this, but it just sets me off. It drives me just insane. What is what happened there? And it's not like something happened there and, you know, somebody got hurt. What, what, what happened there led to the, 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 the cowardice, just the, the incompetence, once again, led to the death of 19 children and two teachers, led to the, the, the permanent scarring of, of, I don't know how many more, hundreds of other children. They're going to condemn this school and tear it down, which seems like, ridiculous to me. It's, it's not all that important. It's just a building. But they're going to tear down the school because a couple of, uh, one cowardly cop and his cowardly uh, subordinates were too afraid to do their jobs. You're going to tear a perfectly good building down. <laughs> Hell, just change the name, name it after the, one of the teachers, name it after the teacher whose husband it was a cop and tried to go save her. And they detained him handcuffed him and took his weapon away. A, co a cop who wanted to go in and save his wife. She died. I'm going to say right now that why don't we name the school after her and name him police chief of all the Evaldi schools. That's uh, that job should be open any minute now, but we have the sound. It is so friggin' disturbing. The things this guy did. I didn't even know that among the cops in the hallway was Pete Arredondo, he was in the hallway. He he said they didn't have the weapons. He lied. He said the door was locked. He lied. He lied over and over again because he was too scared. And we actually have the transcript of his phone calls to the to the uh, landline of the police department. We have the transcript. You are not going to believe what this guy did. What he said. He knew. He flat out knew. Kids were dying. This, this maniac Ramos was shooting kids and he didn't enter the room. He didn't order his guys. Hell, why couldn't the fat slob just stay behind, hide behind a shield, hide in the men's room, whatever, and let his guys go and do their job. He didn't because he's one pathetic, sad, sorry human being who is still on the city council and still on the job as the chief of police of, of, of the Evaldi schools. He's not the chief of police of the whole department, just to the schools. That's his job. His job is to stop school shooters. I guarantee you he's had dozens of, of uh, with drills 
practicing doing this, stopping someone like Ramos and he choked and he cowered and children died. And you're not going to believe what he had to say on the phone. We will play that and a lot more on today's Callahan show. But first, Hey guys, are you getting up there in age and feel like you just can't get in shape anymore? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. You want more energy to counter the negative effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get better results at the gym and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like Testofen. It's been validated in five clinical studies and shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Don't let the aging process rob you of your energy and drive. Re-energize your life and help get back that winning edge you had in your youth. Now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text Jerry to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 231231. Text Jerry to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. Uh, let's get into this. It's um, I, I have the transcript in front of me. I wrote it all down. I listened. I cannot believe it. We have the reaction of the head of uh, public safety at a press conference who doesn't hold anything back. He talks about Arredondo's cowardice, Arredondo's negligence. But, and we also have the timeline, of course. We have the uh, 58 minutes that they hung out and waited till you know, all the kids were dead. An hour. They stood in the hallway which isn't easy because those, you know, those weapons of war, those M4s and AK-47s, they're kind of heavy, right, Ironhead? They had to stand there holding their M4s for almost an hour and their shields and their body armor and wait in the hallway till all the kids were dead. That's what the Ovalde Police Department did. But we have uh, Arredondo makes the call from his cell phone to the uh, landline, I believe, in the police station. And he says, quote, we don't have enough firepower. We only have pistols. The picture, obviously, uh, (laughs) debunks that. We have photographs of them with their weapons, with their AKAR-15s, their shields, their helmets. He lies. He flat out lies about what kind of firepower they have, which, I mean, can only be one reason for that. He was scared. He was scared and he, you know, he was hungry too, I think. And he, then he, then he says, I think in the next phone call, we've lost two kids. If we start shooting, we're going to lose more kids. I hate to say it, but we're going to put those to the side right now. So he's in the hallway. Kids are dead. I'm not sure how he knows two, but at least two kids are dead. If he's right, think of what his, negligence did think of what this this inaction led to that means 17 kids died because he didn't have the guts to go in or order his guys to go in 17 children 17 mothers 17 fathers grandmothers sisters brothers lost someone lost a taught a a, a second grade a third grade or an eight-year-old nine-year-old because of this this piece of garbage who lied and said they didn't have firepower and said if, if we start shooting, we're going to lose more kids. There's no doubt at this point that it's a school shooter determined to kill kids. He's not holding hostages. He's not making demands. He's not trying to escape. He's in that room killing kids. And this bum knows it. Um, he writes, then he says, people are going to ask why we're taking so long. We're trying to preserve the rest of the life. The rest of the life, yeah, the rest of your life. That's what you're trying. He actually says that on the phone as gunshots are going off as his guys wait an hour. 
I'm sorry, 58 minutes to go in. And you know what else he says on the phone? He says, the doors are locked. The door is locked. No one ever tried the door. The door wasn't locked. He lied about that. It's bad enough if he just stayed in the hallway and said, you know, we think he's taking hostages and we think, you know, we have to wait until he runs out of bullets. That would be bad enough. But because he was so scared, because he didn't care, because he placed the value of his life over that of the children, he told lie after lie. We don't have the firepower. This bum didn't even realize that there are cameras in there. He didn't realize people would see they had long guns, they had rifles, they had shields. And he said, we only have pistols. First of all, even if that's all you have, chief, even if that's all you have, so what? You got a bunch of guys with shields who are who have signed on for this. Use your pistols, take them out. But that was a lie. They had sh- pistols. They had shields. They had helmets and body armor. And they stood down as at least, I'll say 17 kids, were alive begging for their help. But we have the report from the, uh, the uh, what's his title? Uh, McGraw's title. I had it right in front of me. Uh, Public Safety Director. Director of the Texas Department of Public Safety, Steve McGraw, in this incredibly candid press conference, in this incredibly candid answer, candor, candid answer, uh, just completely putting all the blame on Arredondo where it belongs, although I do think... Uh, the whole force should share the blame. You can't listen to a guy when you know this, this load is scared and he's lying. You have to defy him as some great border patrol agents eventually did. You know, he's lying when he says, we don't have the guns. We don't have the, the, the firepower. You know, he's lying because he didn't try to open the door. He also said he was looking for a key. Well, when, before you would look for a key, wouldn't you check the door? I mean, wouldn't you see if you need a key? Is that uh, unreasonable? But let, let's listen to this report from um, from NBC, of all places. Uh, we'll start with McGraw, the director of public safety. I'm not sure whether he has the authority to fire Arredondo now. If he does, what are you waiting for, Steve McGraw? Uh, why? why? Why is he not <laughs> fired, arrested. I'll say it every day until it happens. How is this man showing up this morning and sitting down behind a desk and doing a job and getting paid and people and giving orders? How is that even possible? We also, I, I also saw an interview this morning on CNN. Yes, CNN. These, 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 everyone's doing, doing journalism on this story. They really are. I'm not sure I'm not sure why we're even talking about, you know, gun control and raising the age and this stuff. When we, re, when we, until we're done with this, I'd like to be done with this. I'd like to clean house. I'd like to fire all the cops. I'd like to arrest Arredondo. And then we can talk about gun control because this has nothing to do with gun control. This has to do with some really, really cowardly cops. Uh, but we can get to the mother and I mean, the grandmother and the father of, of one of the poor girls, Emery Joe Garza, who died and was, was executed by Ramos and her father and her grandmother thinks she'd be alive today if these bums just did their job. But let's listen. Let's watch as uh, as NBC gives you the latest. And you tell me, you tell me why, why the hell this slob is not in custody already. Go ahead. 28 a.m., the shooter crashed his vehicle into a ditch. A minute later, a teacher called 911, reporting a man with a gun. At 11.31, a patrol car sped into the school parking lot, but drove by the shooter. At 11.33, he went inside and started shooting into classrooms. Within three minutes, three Uvalde police officers with two rifles entered the building. Seconds later, so did two school district officers, including Chief Pete Arredondo. He called a police landline from his cell phone saying we don't have enough firepower we all have pistols Lies that the subject. was directly contradicted today the only thing stopping a hallway of dedicated officers from in room 111 and 112 was the on-scene commander who decided to place the lives of officers before the lives of children 
The officers had weapons. The children had none. Over the next 30 minutes, 911 calls from students inside the classroom begin. More ballistic shields arrive. Chief Arredondo requests the master key, and the gunman fires more rounds. Chief Arredondo then says, we've lost two kids. These walls are thin. If he starts shooting, we're going to lose more kids. I hate to say, we have to put those to the side right now. Minutes later, people are going to ask why we're taking so long. We're trying to preserve the rest of the life. The torrent of illogical statements here and it is preposterous. More than an hour after the gunman entered, Chief Arredondo says we're having a blank problem getting into the room because it is locked. He's got an AR-15 and he's shooting everywhere like crazy. Not until 12.50 does a Border Patrol tactical team breach the classroom and kill the gunman. As Chief Arredondo ignored questions from reporters today in Uvalde anger. He needs to be held accountable. He needs to answer questions publicly and provide information for us. Gave a lot, a lot of new information. You know what the most disturbing part of that is? Uh, I'll tell you. In uh, the third uh, clip they have from his uh, phone calls, people are going to ask why it's taking so long. Do you know what that means? That means this guy Knows. was thinking of the reaction. He was thinking of the you know public opinion. What are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of us when this is all over? I mean, his thought is the, the, the look of it all, the, you know, the optic, not the kids who are dying in the other side of that wall. And the walls are paper thin. Like, so you're afraid that he'll shoot you through the wall while kids are in there with them calling 911. I can't even imagine. I, I try think of what the kids are going through who aren't dead yet. They're calling 911, begging for help. They hear cops. They know cops are on the other side of the door. They're probably under their desk or holding their uh, friends and, and, and cowering in fear as a scumbag goes up and down the aisle shooting them. And he must have just been laughing to himself, saying these these cops are too scared to come in and stop me. I mean, when they did enter the room, I believe they shot him in a matter of seconds or he shot himself. We'll probably find out he shot himself and Arredondo lied about that, too. But what you just heard is the ultimate in incompetence, in cowardice, in, 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 in allowing children to die. And I know, I know it's, he's not going to live happily ever after. He's probably not going to survive this or not going to keep his job. But how is it not? How is he not arrested yet? I it just I can't get over it. I can't get past the fact that that bum is at work right now. The guy who let in his own, by his own estimation, 17 kids die. 19 kids died total. Two teachers died. Two teachers, we believe, who were trying to protect their children, protect the kids, holding their kids, covering their kids, hoping the cops would come in that door, which was unlocked. How is this not just the biggest scale? How is the governor not there? And, 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 and the attorney general in Texas saying, take that bum right there, handcuff him, Put him in jail. We'll, we'll come up with a dozen charges and every single cop is fired. It's just disgraceful and so disturbing. The guy is lying to protect his own ass and kids are dying. As McGraw said, it is an a abject failure and kids died. It's just incredible. But and the uh, and lots of the parents, lots of the parents uh, and grandparents are speaking out as well they should. I don't even know how they do it. This father, uh, Angel Garza, was on CNN. He had a shirt with his daughter's picture on it, and he had a hat, like, and he was hanging his head, and he was obviously still grieving, and it just gets worse for them. The pain, the pain, the just the, it just gets worse every day when they find out their kid should be, could be alive if the people were paying. I should find out. I should look up what, uh, what Arredondo makes probably a couple hundred grand. You know, he's double dipping. He's on the city council. You know, he's grabbing it with both hands, probably doing details at the coffee shop, the donut shop. And he's still collecting checks. He's still on the job. And I, I can't imagine the people in that town, the, 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 the good people, the parents, the families, people, even if their kid wasn't in that class, they, it's going to affect that whole town, just like Columbine. It's going to be, 
It's going to leave a permanent scar. And every if these cops aren't fired, every time they see a cop, they're going to say, that's one of the bums who wouldn't do their job, who wouldn't go in there to save kids. Yeah, but, this, this story right here is the one about the uh, the teacher whose husband was a cop and he was detained. Oh, good. Um, yeah, what's uh, Robin uh, Ruben? I'm sorry. Ruben Ruiz was the police officer. Yep. And uh, uh, he, he tried to uh, go in and save his wife. She'd been shot. He knew she'd been shot. She called him and said she'd been shot. She was bleeding. She was dying. And uh, what is this? Uh, yeah, this is McGrath. And he says, what happened to him? He tried to move forward in the hallway. He was detained and they took his gun away and escorted him away from the scene. Like I told you, it just gets worse. So a cop's wife is shot and bleeding and dying. And he says, enough of this. He's got a weapon. He's got a badge. He says, I'm going to go in and save. Well, Ruben Ruiz should be the new police chief of the Uvalde School District. That should be the guy. They detained him and took his gun away when he was trying to save his wife. I'd like to know how that worked. So some other cop who knows him, who works with him, and says... You know, hold it right there, buddy. Put your hands behind your back. Give me your weapon. And the guy's like, my wife called me. She got shot. She's dying. And she's dead. She's dead. And this guy is is detained and they take his gun because he wanted to save her and the kids. I, I don't know how it can get much worse. I, I guess, you know, I get maybe video of... Uh, Maybe there'll be video of Erdogan with like a big steak and cheese sub in the hallway, you know, big, big steak and cheese sub, a large order of fries and a Diet Coke. Hey, you know, we'll get to those kids after lunch. It was about lunchtime for Erdogan, but uh, how, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep talking about this until he's arrested and charged and convicted and jailed. It just, I, I've never seen anything like it. I've never heard. I mean, you hear uh, it, it also makes us doubtful. It's going to make us all a little cynical when it comes to these things. Cause we all believed it. You know, we, the first press conference was about the heroic cops storming the school, entering the room, taking him out before more kids could die. There are 600 kids in that school. He could have killed a hundred. And then we found out just the opposite. These cops are cowards. We find out they left the, the whatever. Someone left the door open, should have locked the door. And then five minutes later, we're talking about gun control and, you know, banning AR-15s and background checks and red flag laws. And that's fine. But none of that, none of that is relevant here. Like I said before, he could have had a single action rifle. He could have had a 22. We could have had a shotgun and killed 20 kids because these cops <laughs> didn't do their job. I don't think, the, I don't think, unless you're going to say the AR-15 is why Arredondo was so scared. I don't think the type of weapon mattered. He had a room uh, to himself with 20 kids, 19 kids and two teachers. And he got all the time in the world to, to kill them because these bums. But anyway, good luck to uh, they, they could They couldn't have gotten to the scene any faster either. That's right. I mean, they were there. Not only were they at the scene, but they were in the school, in the hallway, outside the room where the slaughter was taking place. They were right there. They were at the and school before the kid even went inside. And they had the, uh, the shield with the gun they yeah. were ready to go in that door. I still want to know. I mean, I guess some of these cops will say it was just followed orders. You know, the Nuremberg defense, they'll be, you know, hey, it wasn't, he told me not to go in. And I guess that's, that matters, but <laughs> they should have said, screw you, chief. You are a coward. I'm never, I'm never listening to you. I mean, he's, they're not going to have to listen to him anymore. It's like, I want the chief's head and I want whoever's head that stopped that guy from saving his wife. That's fucking crazy. Sorry. And, uh, whoever, whoever detained his, what's the name again? Ruben Ruiz. Yeah. Whose wife died. She was shot. So she wasn't dead. She called him and said, I've been shot. so she wasn't dead. She needed help. And I don't know what time that took place. We will find out, but she's dying. And her husband wants to save her and he's a cop and he's got a gun and they stop him. And took could, his be, gun. could this be any worse? It could be, could these cops be any more just vile? I mean, these are just disgusting oh, cowards. And they're, and they're, you know, this is again, this is their job. I, I understand it takes great courage to go in that room, but it's also your job. It's also what you signed up for. You can't say, nah, a little too, a little too hairy. You know, those walls are thin. 
I got to get take cover. You can't say that. That's not a lot. That's not allowed. You have to do your job. And I, I, I'm telling you, I was sitting there this morning with my, with my coffee and, and I was just fuming. I'm steaming. I told you, I said, I can't believe what I just saw. I cannot believe what this piece of garbage said on the phone. We don't have the firepower. The door is locked. Every freaking thing he said was a lie just to protect himself. But it'll get worse. It'll get worse. We're going to find out. He's hey, Maybe he uh, slipped up and told the truth that 17 kids would be alive if these cops just did their job. Imagine that. Imagine if they could have gone in there and, and it would have been tragic. It would have been awful. But two kids died and the cops did their job and took them out. Or two kids and a teacher and they saved 17 kids, 18 kids. That would have been remarkable. We'd have been lauding them and for doing their job. And we would have said it's awful. It's tragic. But it could have been so much worse. I'm not sure how this could have been worse. I guess he could have left that classroom and walked down the hall and uh, gone to another classroom while Arredondo and his and his guys, you know, hot, hid in the corner. It's, oh, no, he's out the room with the scary gun. Don't duck, hide. And he could have gone in another classroom and started killing more kids. But he didn't do that. He just killed all the kids in that room. He's, I mean, imagine the horror. Not only do you lose a child, but you know how you lost that child. You know that child's final moments were the most horrific thing a person could ever, and knowing this this guy in the rifle was going to kill them, calling the cops, screaming, begging for help, and that doesn't come. I mean, I know they'll, they'll probably never make a movie about this, but if they did, can you, I mean, that would be the ultimate horror film, an eight, nine-year-old kid they, saying, please, please come help me, please save me, this guy's killing everybody, and they say, but sorry, sorry, we only have pistols, sorry, you know, these walls are too thin, we don't want to get hurt. Well, they uh, might they yeah. might make a movie, but it would be like, they, the, the shooting part wouldn't be in it, it would be like the after effects. Yeah, did they ever make, I don't even know, they must have made a Columbine movie, I never saw it, did they make a, you know, Virginia Tech movie, if they made a... I don't think there's been any movies is probably because it's just too freaking disturbing. It'll, of give, like, it'll give too many. Multiple. Yeah. It'll give too many people too many ideas. That's true. That's true. And I mean, but how's that working without making movies? So kids are getting ideas online. They're, they're getting ideas from whatever call of duty or whatever they're watching and getting, you know, watching John wick saying, Oh, that looks cool. John wick but, is awesome. You know, it's great. John, John wick, John wick, the first one was good. I'll say this. The sequels are never as good except Godfather. We know that. But John Wick 2 and 3 is so stupid. John Wick I, 2 I like, was good. When they when it starts becoming like this whole spiritual thing, this paranormal thing, and ghosts are coming in, and I didn't even know what was happening. I was so confused. The whole thing with the table, the 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 leader of the big gang is, is a little confusing. But then when they have like people coming back to life in John Wick 3, it sucked. All right? Don't even... Don't even uh, tell me you like John Wick 3. How many no, is no. there, 4? Uh, I think they're making a fourth. John Wick 1 is incredible. John Wick 2 is really good. And then I, don't, I, I disagree. One was one was good, too. And then 3 was freaking awful. He's like some guy's half bird, and he's flying around. And I don't even understand it, but that's okay. Hey, hey, lots of shooting. That's all that matters. You know, action. He, Big he, action. Canoe Reeves killed lots of people, and, and he shoots them like... Shoots everyone like in the dot, and then he shoots him again in the face, and again in the head, and again, and you know, if you added it up, he might have killed more people than anyone in every, any movie ever. Possibly, I think. I think the record was held by Rambo in Rambo Three or whatever that's called. Rambo, John Rambo, when he goes and he's you know in Vietnam or wherever he is, and he's just killing one, just killing, and they, they blow up their heads. It's very gory. I think that was the record. I've seen that before. Who killed the most people in a movie? But um, yeah, Keanu, and Keanu Reeves they, went to like this tactical place to train for those movies and was using live rounds. So he was doing wow. all his own stuff. It was cool. It's cool. Well, it's it's good mindless entertainment. But I could see that affecting some whatever eighteen year old you know loner loser you know who's like flunking out of school, has no friends, on do on online all day. People mm -hmm. hate him. And he watches John Wick. I mean, I'm not, I think there's a connection. I think it has an effect. I'm not sure yeah. how you would uh, censor that, but. Uh, did you see I, the new, I, did you see the new Top Gun? Speaking of senseless movies? I have not seen it. Oh, I have not seen it. It's so good. Oh, I'm going to, I, I saw, I, I was going to give you my review of Hustle with Adam Sandler. I, I just watched Hustle, it. I just watched it last night. 
Okay. Well, um, uh, we'll get to hustle. All right. We'll get to hustle if we have time, if we have time, but we have a few other things to get to before we give you our review of hustle. In fact, we're going to get to the biggest, this is, this is uh, our movie segment. We'll do the biggest dick in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> ben Stiller is in Ukraine now. I, I, you asked this before we started recording. Why is he there? And I, I guess it's to, uh, to one up. I don't know. The, the other people have been there, actors and musicians and you uh, two playing a concert in the subway. And, uh, and obviously Sean Penn was there and Sean Penn was there before the war started to do a documentary about Zelensky. And he thinks Zelensky's a hero. Just a reminder for the people who are worshiping Zelensky. Um, they banned the opposition party. I think this is just uh, the other day mm-hmm. and they seized their, all their money. They banned all opposition parties a while ago. There's like 11 and he banned them all. And he banned the uh, uh, major opponent, his major opponent and took all their money. I mean, he's a tyrant. He really is. And I, and I guess you're going to say that's a wartime. You know, he's a wartime president, you know, Abe, Abe Lincoln did it in uh, the civil war, but there's nothing democratic about the Ukraine, about Ukraine. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him to sit down and have peace talks and end the war, which is what most of Europe is rooting for. Not the U.S. We're rooting for more war. We're sending them more money, more weapons and said, keep it going, Z-man. Keep on fighting. Keep on dying. You know, you got plenty of young men left, you know, to, to, to sacrifice for this insanity. I'll never stop asking why our president, our secretary of defense, hell, our attorney general, Merrick Garland, takes a break from uh, uh, imprisoning uh, Biden opponents in, in D.C. to go to Ukraine and do what? I'm not even sure. What the hell is an attorney general even doing there? I don't even know. But uh, maybe to give him some advice on crushing your political opponents. That's uh, Merrick Garland is an expert on that. But Ben Stiller with Zelensky was just embarrassing. Just embarrassing. Do we have the the video? Yeah, it's like a South Park sketch. They're like, oh, what, how, how do we stop this war? Uh, send in Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. Uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's watch this, and then I'll tell you why. how I know he's the biggest dick in Hollywood. Hello, Hello sir. sir. Really nice to meet you. Hello, Hello. Thanks for taking the time. Great. Great. Yeah. It's really wonderful. You're my hero. Yes. You quit a great acting career for this. Not so great as you. <laughs> no, but pretty great. Um, but what you've done and the way that you've uh, rallied the country and what, you know, for the world, it's really inspiring. So It's too much for me. That's <laughs> <laughs> inspiring. You lose a thousand men a day. Very inspiring. You know, keep it going, Vlad. Owns one um, shirt. He's still wearing the same freaking shirt. That's what, you know, I guess it's supposed to look like he's in battle or whatever. But did you see the pictures the other day of the people at the beach in Kiev? At the beach. They're, they're, there's, there's, no, there's no danger in Kiev right now. They're, they're living their lives. He's sacrificing the, all the people on the eastern side of Ukraine. They're all going to die because, you know, that's what Joe Biden wants. Wants to keep it going. Wants to launder more money through Ukraine. But. Um, I'm not sure why Stiller's there, I guess. Zelensky probably wanted him there because he makes him feel tall. <laughs> ben, ben Stiller is shorter than Zelensky, who's like 5'3". Um, ben, ben Stiller is a lousy actor who got his whole career because of his parents. I can't even think of a role. I mean, I love like something about Mary, but it's not because of him. Matt Dillon. Or is it Kevin? Yeah, Matt Dillon is the, who steals the show and uh, something about Mary. And I mean, I can't think of a movie where he's good, where he makes you feel like he's the, the best part of the movie. Cable guy. Oh, please. That's Jim Carrey. But anyway. He directed it. So movie. I know a guy. I know a guy who's in the movies, who uh, works behind the scenes in Hollywood. And he told me uh, a Ben Stiller story. He was said, and, and this guy's a tough guy. He's a, a Boston guy. And he said, um, oh, there, there we get the pictures of the people on the beach, riding scooters, riding bikes, going shopping. That's a little weird. That's a little weird. A war-torn country. And as uh, Tim Young, who, who's a real good Twitter follower, says, we should just keep sending them billions. Just keep sending them billions. They're at the beach. 
anyway, got a lot of questions about the situation in Ukraine, and I don't think Ben, ben still doesn't want to hear it, just like you know, most of Hollywood. They just want to put their blue and yellow flags up and say, we stand with Ukraine. How about you sit with Ukraine at the table with the Russians and say, let's stop the killing. You can have that and this and this, and we'll keep this and this and this. That's how it's supposed to work. They can't win. Does anyone think they can win? They can lose, you know, 100,000 more men. They can't win. Anyway, back to Ben Stiller. So this guy's a tough guy, Boston guy, strong guy. And Ben Stiller was such a dick to everybody, little people, you know, all the, the key grips and the stagehands and the assistants and the interns. He said he was just being a dick to all of them and, and rude and talking down to them and order. So he walked in his trailer and he said, if you, uh, if you disrespect anyone else on this set, I'm going to come back here and kick your ass. And this guy's a big, strong guy. And Ben still is a little weasel. And he said, after that, Ben Stiller was a perfect gentleman, but he's a, he's an arrogant little piece of crap. Who's, obviously was a child of privilege. His parents were both actors and comedians and uh, his father's much better than he is. I mean, it's just from Seinfeld alone. His father was much better. And, uh, but that's, he treats the little people like dirt. He's, he idolizes Zelensky, but all those people in the background you saw totally dumps all over them. That's how that works with Ben Stiller who sucks. All right, let me tell you else who sucks. (laughs) How about that for a transition? We got to get to Megan Rapinoe. Oh God, Megan Rapinoe, just so obnoxious. And uh, we'll give you the latest on the, we do this every day. Give you the latest on the live versus PGA. It's getting good. It's getting better. And uh, Brock is the greatest tight end ever. Yes, he is. Even though uh, the stats don't show it, not even close, but we'll tell you why. He's the greatest ever. And I, can, I give him credit for retiring. I give all guys who retire before they, you know, can walk away before they can limp away. Anyone taking more hits in his career? Maybe Edelman. Or maybe did. Welker. He's probably dished out the most hits. When you go over the middle for Tom Brady, you get hit. Yeah. That's the number one requirement. As I always say with Brady receivers, tight ends, slot guys, wideouts, you get hit. You need more than good hands. You need balls. You need balls. Welker had him. Edelman had him. And Gronk certainly had him. Those guys will all pay the price, you know, when they're my age, if they make it that far. And Gronk will be, you know, it will affect him. But it had been much worse if he came back for another year, two years. I think he knew the time to get out. He's got plenty of money. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's going to have all kinds of opportunities post playing career. He'll be in TV commercials. He already is in TV commercials and wrestling matches. And he'll be, you know, at Super Bowls. He'll be one of those guys on Radio Row. Everyone's laughing at him. But he's a he's genuine, too. I think he's, I think he's among the most popular Patriots. Obviously, Brady's number one, but he's right there, second last, you know, right there with everyone, you know, with, with, I don't even know who's the second most popular Patriot ever. I'd put Gronk right there. I really would, but that's not important. We'll tell you why. Teddy it's a Hall Brewski, of Famer. Who? Brewski. Oh, please. Brewski. Brewski went to one Pro Bowl, I believe. Gronk was like first team all NFL like five times. Oh, if we're going skills, uh, I thought you meant popular, like popularity. It's both. It's both. That matters. I mean, pop, you can't be, I'm not talking about, you know, Kevin Falk. I'm talking about guys who are great and beloved. Oh, Gronk, easy seconds. But speaking of uh, beloved. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to get to uh, Megan Rapinoe. I'll tell you why she is so obnoxious. But first, all right, let's talk about Radix. Radix Premium Cannabis was started by three lifelong friends and cannabis connoisseurs out of Texas. And they're a nationwide leader in the cannabis industry, offering only the very best products. Cannabis is one of the oldest medicines known to man and has been exploding in popularity in recent years with increased use of federally legal CBD and Delta 8 products. No matter what you aim to do with cannabis, Radix is your remedy. Their premium hemp is grown organically in the U.S., and their CBD uses the most advanced technology for maximum effectiveness. If it's on Radix's site, it's better than the rest. Their hottest items are THC gummies. These are a great tasting way to enhance your recreation time, reduce anxiety, increase your appetite, or all of the above. They also carry Sleepy Bears, which are delicious and effective sleep aid gummies infused with melatonin. 
Another popular item, Delta 8 vapes, which don't clog like most of the vapes, and they work fantastically. Additional products Radix offers include topicals, edibles, dry herb, and cannabis-enhanced nootropics. All of their products can be purchased as monthly subscriptions at reduced rates. Get 15% off and free shipping on orders of $35 or above with promo code JERRY at RadixRemedies.com. Check them out and take advantage of the special offer we've secured just for our listeners. And remember, Radix, your remedy. Uh, We've been talking, obviously, about the uh, transgender problem in sports. The cowards who let men who transition to women play beat up on the girls. We've seen it in uh, swimming, obviously, with Leah. Seen it in uh, track, high school track, weightlifting. It's a problem that if they didn't do this, something, and I think this is going to start a trend. It's not enough. They're going to ban guys who transition after puberty. You have to transition before puberty. And I know some skeptics say that'll motivate, incentivize parents to transition their kids earlier. And that probably will, but I don't think it'll be in great numbers. This kind of bans the people, the total frauds like Leah Thomas, who couldn't hack it as a man you know, was mediocre at best, was ranked, you know, 500th in the country and really wanted to win and be happy. So he became a she, changed her name, changed her pronouns, changed his whatever, his hair, and went out and kicked ass. And everyone was too afraid to call him out. Everyone was too afraid to ban him from the sport. So he still holds an NCAA record. He still gets to keep all those medals he won. Even though one of his teammates anonymously came out yesterday and said, he should give that stuff back. He won't. He's a bully. He enjoyed beating up on the girls. And most people agree. I, I mean, everyone agrees. Not publicly, but privately. Everyone knows it was unfair. Everyone knows these people should be banned. They get to play sports like everyone else. They just have to play against the people who have to, of the same sex. They get to play with the guys. If you want to swim, uh, Leah, go ahead. Swim with the men. See if you can make the Olympics that way when it's fair. You're not going to cheat your way into the Olympics. That's a good thing. But here's Megan Rapinoe. We know her. She's a crazy left winger with the purple hair. Who's always bitching about something. She's getting paid like the men in soccer, even though they have like a fraction of the audience, a fraction of the revenue. She's always there to bitch about something and always there to you know talk about marginalized communities when she's one of the most privileged athletes you've ever seen. But she does an interview with Time Magazine and says she's 100% supportive of trans inclusion in girls' sports. She dismisses concerns about fairness and says people need to, quote, understand that sports is not the most important thing in life. So this is a girl, a woman, was a girl, is a woman, making a fortune to kick a ball around. And she tells people that's not important. She's rich, she's famous because of sports, but sports aren't important. You need to just get over it and let the boys beat up on the girls because she hasn't had to live through that. If she were a little younger, she would because she's 36 and she's done. She says, quote, I would encourage everyone out there who is afraid someone's going to have an unfair advantage over their kid to really take a step back and think, what are we actually talking about here? We're talking about people's lives. I'm sorry, your kid's high school volleyball team isn't that important. I think people also need to understand that sports is not the most important thing. Life is the most important thing. We're talking about kids. We're talking about people's lives. We're talking about the entire state government coming down on one child in some states, three children in some states. So sports isn't that important, and your soccer team isn't that important. But one kid's feelings, one guy's personal feelings are more important than that team, that sport, which is what she's saying. Um, think about it. If you just the case of Leah, Leah explained that Leah wanted to swim against the girls because he wanted to be happy. That's what mattered. He wanted to be happy. What about all the other girls? What about the ones who lost? I don't know if we, we mentioned this before, but there's a girl, Riley Gaines, you know, related to Rowdy Gaines, famous swimming family. She swims for the university of Kentucky. She tied for fifth place in a race at the NCAAs. The NCAA gave the fifth place trophy or whatever, the fifth place recognition to Leah, just gave it to him over her. (laughs) So she's publicly speaking out 
and she puts her name on it. She's got guts. Megan Rapinoe goes on, show me the evidence that trans women are taking everyone's scholarships, are dominating in every sports, are winning every title. Nobody said they were winning every title. She says, I'm sorry, it's just not happening. So we need to start from inclusion. And as things arise, I have confidence that we can figure it out, but we can't start the opposite. That is cruel and disgusting. See, no one's taken her job. No one's bumped her from the team. No one's taken her gold medal. No one's taken her paycheck. That's, that's, you know, somebody else, you know, somebody let the, let the girl, let the girl finish second to, to Leo, let the girls in Connecticut who lost state titles, two boys won I think it was 13 state titles, every single one of them should have gone to a girl, but those girls don't matter. Here's the great contradiction. This is a feminist. This is a person who uh, purports to represent women and fight for women and believe in, you know, believe all women, women are the victims here. Women as we've seen all year with Leah, women are the ones who get get beaten by a man and that man is celebrated. And by the way, they're not allowed to speak out against it. They're not allowed to object. They're told to shut up. And if they think it's unfair, uh, as the University of Pennsylvania told uh, Leah's teammates, we'll get you a therapist. We'll, well, first of all, we'll have you sit down with an LBGTQ activist and then we'll get you a therapist. So it's your problem, not his. It's just insane. A women, women's rights person who says, suck it up, girls. Let's make sure this guy's happy beating your ass. What a fraud, a total freaking fraud. Oh, but you know what? I think she has a point, Craig. I think that is no real obvious advantage. It's not like they're winning every title. Which brings us to women's rugby. This is a women's rugby is following suit from women's swimming and banning guys from beating up on the girls. This is a physical sport, very physical sport. So the guys have an advantage, a big advantage and it shows, but is this where, this is from uh, 60 minutes, Australia, whatever. There's a show 60 minutes in Australia and they do report on it. And you're supposed to watch this and take this seriously and say, you know, uh, I I can see it their way. I I don't think she's got much of an advantage. Let's uh, hopefully you're watching on locals with us because it's it's a visual. It really is. But this this is not a comedy. This is not you know a South Park episode. This is not a SNL sketch. This is an actual story about transgender women, aka guys, beating up on girls and how it's really not unfair. Go ahead. Do you accept the AFL's argument that you do have a size advantage over some of your opponents? I think the biggest issue is not necessarily that I'm too big or too strong now. It's more, okay, (laughs) you're already big, you're already strong, whatever. But what if you were to get into that elite training environment and they were to build you up, put on an extra 15 kilos and you just push everyone aside? But physiologically, that's just not going to happen. The people that seem to have the biggest problem. Right. I, I think this is an actual woman talking now, but the, the person so. he was interviewing is a rugby player who just looks like, I mean, a guy dressed up as a girl. I mean, big, strong. What did you say? Looks like Brian Urlacher put on a wig. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> jacked with, with shoulders and, and chest. And, and I mean, playing a physical sport, not jumping in the pool in a separate lane or even running in a separate lane or lifting weights actually fighting for the football. Is that what they call it in rugby? Is it called the football? What is it called? Fighting for the ball. The ball, yeah. You know, muscling up. That person was kicking the girl's ass and they're going to ban that person. And 60 Minutes Australia does a report says, do you really think, you can you really say you don't have an advantage? I mean, it's like talking to, you know, Shaq, who just played one-on-one against uh, me, you know, <laughs> against you and saying, gee, did you think you had a physical advantage? Oh, no, there's no evidence. What? <laughs> We've gone from the ridiculous to the sublime. This is just silly. Just silly. I mean, end it. You can't play with, you can't beat up on girls. You can play with the guys. That's It's available to you. Go ahead, play. No one's stopping you from playing. You just can't beat up on girls. Girls still matter. Imagine, right? imagine, imagine little Jessica getting paired up with him at, uh, at like during Oklahoma drills at practice. <laughs> kidding. That's, well, that's what's going to come if they don't stop it now. And they're trying to, thankfully, the next one would be a soccer player, which is physical, not as physical as rugby or a basketball player. I mean, you, you'd see some big guys like that with hair saying I'm a girl and just kicking ass 
finally people are waking up and telling uh, the bully, you can't do that anymore. And, and we don't care if it makes you sad, Leah, you can't do it anymore. You're not going to get that gold medal. <laughs> Sorry, bub. Well, that's going to go to a girl. All right, we got to get a couple more things we have to get to. I want to get to uh, Gronk, but uh, um, Joe Biden again said something. Do I have to do any? Do I have to do a spot here before I? Uh, Shay. Uh, let me do Shay. I'll do, I got it right here. I'll do Shay, and then we'll give you the latest gaffe by Joe Biden. Here's, here's what he does now. His, his, he tells the truth, but it's not. He's not supposed to. <laughs> he, he blurts out the truth accidentally, and again. I repeat, but that's another symptoms, symptom of, you know, cognitive decline where you don't know that you're not supposed to say that. And behind the scenes, Susan Rice and Ron McLean and Barack Obama are going, ooh, stupid Joe again. He's blurting. I'm not supposed to say that. He did it again. A rare moment of candor, uh, which is really disturbing, but uh, it's, it's nice to see Joe telling the truth for a change. But we'll get to that and get to Gronk and why he's the best tight end ever. After I tell you about Shea Concrete, you know what they can do for you. you know, this summer, you got to do a summer home improvement project. I got one for you. New precast concrete steps. Whether you're building a new home or you're remodeling an old one, Shea has great values on precast concrete steps with designs that will fit your home. There are many options available, including concrete, but you can also customize with beautiful stone or brick. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your, your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be that envy of the neighborhood they remove the old steps bring in new steps within hours you got a whole new look and your house is looks better and it's worth more this isn't just an uh this isn't an expense this is an investment an upgrade in your home with one phone call shay will deliver a turnkey installation experience in a few hours you'll have a brand new front entrance and you will love it you can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at SheaConcrete.com. Also at SheaConcrete.com, you got to look for a job, a good one. Shea is hiring. They're always hiring. The business is good. It is booming. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. I, we'll, we'll, we'll be quick on this. Uh, um. I want to mention first, though, <laughs> I have to say I laughed out loud when I read this tweet. We don't have to get into it, but uh, they asked Biden was again on vacation at the beach and they asked his family, his daughter and granddaughter, his daughter, Ashley, and his granddaughter, whatever her name was, Nicole or something. You know, what did you guys do for Father's Day? And uh, and uh, the granddaughter says, we made puzzles. We were all here. She says we made puzzles. And I said, mm, not all, not all. You have a grand you have a cousin in Arkansas named Navy who wasn't invited because your stupid, your creepy parents, grandparents deny she exists. So she wasn't there. But then Ashley, the daughter said they just hung around and I was sitting there. Couldn't someone follow it up? It's like, did you take any showers? Did you get a shower? You were at the beach. Did you shower? Oh, you did together. Is that a regular thing still or no? Didn't get asked that, but he did get asked about, uh, squandering, pissing away more money on pandemic relief. I just looked it up. We've spent almost five trillion, four point eight trillion, I believe is the number. I haven't spent it all. We've allocated it. Four point eight trillion. That's why we have inflation. That's why we're heading into a recession because of the money. Which I, I don't even understand where all that money went. I know most of it went to Pfizer, and that's important because we want more Pfizer billionaires. That's one of the goals of the Biden administration, make more Pfizer billionaires. That's why they want babies to get vaccinated. That's the only reason to vaccinate babies. But for some reason, he started talking yesterday about we need more money for pandemic relief, not because of, you know, uh, vaccinating babies or tests or whatever, or ventilation systems in schools, all the things they, they lied about for, for the last two years to get to drain the treasury and, bankrupt the country, but for the next pandemic, he wants more money, Congress to allocate more money, more trillions for the next pandemic. It's so insane what he said, but it's Biden and he's not all there. So people just kind of laughed it off, but let's listen to this and tell me what, tell me he was, <laughs> tell me he's not saying something he's not supposed to say behind the scenes. They're hoping for another pandemic. They are, that's, 
I mean, let's face it. The people in charge, they had a wonderful uh, last two years. They've been great. They've, they've made money. They've changed the country. They've suppressed many, many freedoms and liberties. Fauci got rich. Fauci got famous. Walensky got rich and famous. Uh, Biden got elected. Don't forget, Biden got elected because of the pandemic. You know, they've helped the big corporations. They've crushed small business. Uh, they've, they've carried the water of the teachers union. So much of what they've done was because of the pandemic, you know, ostensibly, not really, but because, uh, and now they're saying we need more of your money because there's another pandemic coming. Did you know about this? There's been one pandemic in like a hundred years. Uh, you know, whatever the flu, the Spanish flu was a hundred years ago. And we just had another one that we paid for in the Wuhan lab and spread around the world and killed whatever it is, 7 million people and completely flipped our country upside down and cost us trillions. But we're supposed to get ready for the next one. Like now we're supposed to take seize another couple of trillion from the taxpayers because of the next pandemic. Let's listen. Maybe it'll make more sense when Joe Biden explains. Go ahead. You have, I know you're looking for more money from Congress for the, this vaccine campaign and for, for COVID funding going into the fall. Uh, how much of the supply of vaccines for these small children uh, is there and, and how many of the nation's kids will you be able to get vaccinated before you need more money uh, from Congress? Well, we'll get through at least this year. We, we do need more money. But we don't just need more money for vaccines for children eventually. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. We have to think ahead. And that's not something the last outfit did very well. That's something we've been doing for fairly well. That's why we need the money. What the hell is he talking about? Second the last pandemic. administration came up with two vaccines in world record time. And he got the vaccine. He lies about it before he became president because of Trump's warp speed, but so what? Forget that. Put that aside. We have another pandemic coming. Did you know that? Are you aware of this? Does nope. he mean? Does he mean variant? What? What does he even mean? That we're supposed to get ready for the next COVID, the next Spanish flu, the next I don't know, smallpox. Does he know something we don't know? We're supposed and we're supposed to give him trillions, you know, just to prepare for the next pandemic. We're in a recession almost. We have record inflation. People are losing, you know, they're, it's just we're in serious economic uh, struggles right now. And this buffoon wants trillions to plan for the next pandemic. By the way, they haven't even spent much of the money we allocated for the last pandemic. He just his, his whole instinct is just give me more money. Give me, give me, give me more money so I can dole it out to all the special interests who support me. That's I, just insane. I like the idea of Bill Gates getting home after a long day of work, he takes his bra off, sits down on the couch, <laughs> puts the TV on and just hears just, him spill yeah. the secrets. Right. And says, <laughs> Oh, Joe, he was, you know, we went over that, you know, we went over, he was supposed to keep it under your hat at least till after the midterms. What are you doing, Joe? <laughs> they told me he was going to forget this in 10 minutes. <laughs> that's that's their, their goal each day is to make sure Joe Biden doesn't give up the, the game, you know, doesn't doesn't tell the country things he's not supposed to. It's just amazing. We need trillions for the next pandemic. Okay, great. How about, how about for the next war? How about, you know, for the next whatever? I mean, the, 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 it's just... Just insane. I cannot believe that's our president, but you know, I, I repeat myself. All right, quickly, before we wrap this up, if you look at the uh, the numbers, if you look at the numbers of uh, tight ends, Rob Gronkowski is nowhere close, not even close. Let me get the numbers up. Uh, wow, I'm looking... Uh, <laughs> Oh, here it is. Uh, he has a bunch of Patriot records. You know, Rob, most touchdown receptions, most games with multiple touchdowns, most games with 100 receiving yards by tight end, 26 games with over 100. Highest receiving yards per game average for tight end, 82.9 he had in 2011. But uh, he doesn't even have half as many receptions as Tony Gonzalez. He's, um, be, he's going to be trailing... Um, he's going to be trailing Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey in about two weeks mm. in, in catches and, you know, yards and everything else. He's nowhere near 
the leader. Uh, um, Tony Gonzalez has 15,000, more than 15,000 receiving yards. Gronk has 9,200. 9, Gonzalez has 1,300 receptions. Gronk has 621. Now, he's played a little more than half the games of Gonzalez and Jason Witten, by the way. Witten's got a lot more uh, catches, too. He's got 1,228 catches to Gronk 621. Kelsey has more receptions already, 704 in 127 games. Gronk only played 143 games. I don't think in football people hold that against you. The lack of longevity we see with, you know, Barry Sanders or uh, Calvin Johnson or Jim Brown. If people get out, you know, before they have to limp away, if they walk away, that's generally not held against you by, you know, Hall of Fame voters or just fans in general. And I think that. Gronk does one thing better than all these guys that are on the list for catches, yards, touchdowns. He's a better blocker, a much better blocker. I remember a game. It was a few years ago against the chiefs in Foxborough, I believe Patriots won. And I was watching Kelsey cause he was a young stud. This was a few years ago and he is a great receiver. He's almost a wide out, but you know, he's on this list of tight ends and he wins awards as tight, a tight end. He goes to pro bowls as a tight end. He sucks as a blocker. He cost him the game. A guy he was supposed to pick up, and I believe it was a linebacker. It wasn't a defensive end. He got he he just waved at him, did the whole you know matador thing, and the guy went by Kelsey, hit Mahomes as he was throwing. I think the receiver was open. They had a chance to win. He couldn't get the enough on the throw because Kelsey didn't block. You watch Kelsey. He takes plays off. He doesn't go down for Doesn't go to that second level and block. Gronk is like a tackle out there. He takes people out. Defensive ends, linebackers, doesn't matter. A much, much better blocker. A much better tight end in run situations than any of these guys. And if you put it to the eyeball test, granted, Gonzalez is a great athlete. Uh, you know, Antonio Gates, great athlete. Basketball players, Shannon Sharp, great athlete. Gronk is more of a bull. But, you know, when he, he had great hands, and Amazing. he was strong as hell, and he could, you know, strip, shake off, you know, three or four tacklers. The eyeball test, when he was at his best, no one was better. Mm-mm. And uh, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. The, the question that is Gronk a Hall of Famer is absurd. Of course he is. And I'm just going to say, I was right. He's the second most popular Patriot ever. I'd put, you know, you said Brewski, but it has, you have to be good. You can't just be, you know, well, he's a guy. popular. To, he was huge with the, with the fans, Brewski. But he wasn't a good enough player. Same yeah. with Troy Brown. Troy Brown was good. Fans loved him. Not a good enough player. I'm talking about guys like Vince Wilfork, guys like Willie McGinnis, guys who were, you know, stud players. Obviously, Brady's number one. And Welker. Ty Law. Guys who put up, Ty Law, great player, Hall of Famer. But a combination of talent, skill, ability. Rodney. And just, Rodney just beloved. Beloved. No, I don't think there's any close third. He'd go Brady and then Gronk. And he just seemed so genuine, seemed to genuinely enjoy life. People just love him. I'm glad he's quitting. You know, I'm surprised, like you said, that he didn't say I'll do one more year with Tom. Yeah. And, you know, try to win one more title. But you know what? He's having a good time. He's always having a good time. He doesn't want another back injury. He doesn't, he knows how hard it is to, to play that position for as long as he has. And he wants to get out before he's, uh, you know, permanently damaged goods or maybe he's worried about his brain maybe it's you can get out you got all the money you got rings he's got what four rings uh he's got he's got money he's got records he's going to the hall of fame and he's still got his faculties i mean for what they you know for what they're worth but he's still got his you know still can walk still can talk he doesn't sound like joe biden yet no no no. third place though is i think would definitely be rodney harrison if we're factoring in skills and popularity yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, pretty close. Ty Law, Ty Law. This it's amazing. There's none of these guys are going to get their numbers retired. You know why? Because if they did one, they'd have to do them all, I and know. then they'd have no numbers. Like Gronk's like the second best Patriot ever, and he won't get his number retired. He, you know, the, maybe I don't think if you, you you. But if you did, Gronk, wouldn't you have to do Law Harrison? No. Troy Brown, Grusky, Welk, Welker. Welker had a five-year run that was just off the charts. 
I mean, he was heading to the Hall of Fame yeah, but, before he, yeah. he left New England. You can't just say Gronk and nobody else, no McGinnis, no Wilfork. Gronk is that gonna... one step ahead of them, though, in terms of overall skills and like all time. I mean, I, game if, they said, if they said we're going to retire one other guy besides Brady, I'd say, yeah, you could do that. But you can't. You can't. If you retire Gronk, there'll be people demanding you retire again. McGinnis, Law, uh, Wilfork. Welker, there's just too many guys. It's amazing how few guys run offense, though. You know, how few guys, there's no one even close as a running back. Uh, how few guys run offense, even though Brady had the greatest career ever. He had great slot guys. He had Randy Moss for a blink of an eye. And he had, uh, you know, Logan Mankins. Just not real superstars. Not like, you know. I think uh, I think these weirdo college numbers that the pros do now might make it easier for numbers to get retired. Uh, we'll see. That's true. You can change. You don't have to have this. You know, if it's a tight end, doesn't have to have that number or whatever. So maybe, maybe. But certainly there'll be a push. He's a, well, he'll be a Patriot Hall of Famer. He'll be an NFL Hall of Famer. He'll be a Patriot for life. He'll come back here. He'll be a huge hit. Hell, just doing appearances, he could probably make more than he's made as a football player. Okay. There was a great story in uh, Sports Illustrated a few years ago where he went with his agent or was to a house party because they hired him to go to the birthday party, someone's 21st birthday and have a few beers. Someone hired him. Yeah. And his agent said, okay, we're good. You did your two hours. He says, I'm good. You go. And he hung around like all <laughs> night with the people playing pool and oh, drinking beer and just having a good time. That's great. He'll always, he'll always be, you know, a party wherever he goes in New England, but he was fun to watch. He was a stud. He's the best tight end ever. Congrats to Gronk getting out while before he had to, you know, wheel out in a wheelchair. But anyway, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching and listening and uh, messaging us here. Uh, I never got to any of the messages again. We'll do it one of these days. I'll read them all. You know, you're supposed to be. Oh, have you been posting the good ones? I, I, sure, even I sure have. Okay. I was in a little bit of a rage after that Uvalde, <laughs> Uvalde story this morning. I have to admit, I was in a little bit of a rage. It just, the story just drives me nuts. But we'll, we'll stay on top of it. We'll give you the latest. We'll tell you the latest lies told by Aaron Dondo. And we'll certainly be there when he gets busted, when he gets perp walked out of the Uvalde Police Department. I'm looking forward to that, to that day. But we will leave it there for today. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. In these tough economic times, rely on 1AAuto.com. Save money and empower yourself. In good times and bad Get great prices. Watch 1A Auto's massive library of free how-to videos. Fix it yourself easy and fast with 1AAuto.com.